Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Love that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and I hope that you all are kind of settling into the pattern of my podcast. It drops every Tuesday and Thursday. One of those will be with a guest. This is a two-man scramble. Sometimes it might be more than one guest. I don't know. haven't done that yet, but the other one's going to be just me, the typical Fairways and Dreams podcast talking about the game of golf. And the one thing I've decided to stop doing, I have decided to stop doing all shows that are entirely based on what's happening in professional golf. I will talk about what happens in professional golf. I will mention that at the top of every show when we talk about the news. I will still give you one of those prop bets or something like that about the PGA Tour, which I will again today at the end of the show if you want to gamble a little bit on the game of golf. But I'm done with the the entire show on profesh- the professional game. Sometimes I don't think it's worthy of an entire show, but also... I think sometimes people just don't want to hear about it as much anymore. They just want to hear about the other parts of golf, maybe the parts of golf that they actually can participate in. I'm not playing on the PGA Tour anytime soon. Most of the people listening to this podcast probably are in the same boat. So we'll still talk about it. But today, when we get to the past the news, we're going to be talking about technology. Technology in the game of golf. Has it gone too far? We'll get to that. But let's talk about the news because there was a lot of news in professional golf. In case you did not see this news on Wednesday, the PGA Tour completed a $3 billion deal with a company called the Strategic Sports Group. Uh, The Fenway Sports Corporation is going to be a predominant player in that. But the PGA Tour Enterprises, this entity that was created, they are now joining with this Strategic Sports Group. Now, the Strategic Sports Group provided $1.5 billion and another 1.5 is supposed to come from another company entity, one of those being probably the DP World Tour and that PIF. Those deals have yet to be done, but this is this is as a done deal. The PGA Tour, though, for anyone out there that might be concerned, okay, what does this mean for the game of golf? Are we not going to see the normal stuff? Is the logo going to change? Anything like that? No, the PGA Tour will control the company. They will remain the controlling interest. But Jay Monahan, this is laughable. Maybe not laughable as some of the other stuff I'm going to mention, but to me, this is just crazy. So Jay Monahan, the much maligned Jay Monahan, who has been the commissioner of the PGA Tour, he orchestrates these deals. He gets this $3 billion deal done, and he is going to serve as the CEO of PGA Tour Enterprises. You cannot make this up. The guy that almost botched these deals multiple times lost the faith of his of his tour 
is also going to be the commissioner. I Again, this is insane. It's laughable. It's laughable to me. But the deal is done. All now they have to wonder is, is the PIF going to pony up the cash? PIF says they want to keep team golf a thing. That's fine. If you're like me, you're just sick of it. You're sick of all this stupid crap, and you just want the best golfers out there every week. You know, I, I did laugh because I follow Liv on Instagram, and they are trying to pump up their upcoming season, and I get it. That's what they do. But you have like Dustin Johnson, who is quoted by saying, you know, this, this offseason I worked really hard. I realized that if you want to play good golf, you have to work hard. Holy, listen to what he just said. He just said that basically last year and probably the year prior, he didn't even work on his game. He got paid all that money up front. He doesn't care if he wins or loses. I want to see these guys working hard, but I want to see them all together. Which takes us to the the latest Tyrell Hatton leaves PGA. Okay, he leaves the PGA Tour and goes to live. He's on John Rahm's team. And John Rahm comes out and announces his team name is Legion 13. And he talked about the Roman Empire and all this stuff and loyalty. Are you kidding me? Like This is laughable stuff. This is becoming a joke to me. This is becoming a punchline. And I think what's also noticeable is I wasn't alone. When Tyrell Hatton left for Liv, it, it, it was, wasn't even a blip on my radar. It was just kind of, meh, okay. Meh. All right, another guy's gone. What, what else is new? Let's move on with our lives. Here we go. Legion 13, spare me the loyalty of Julius Caesar or whatever Rom was spouting off about. Just stupid. And then Rory, my buddy Rory McIlroy, although he did have that top international tour idea, which I liked, he goes in front of the media as they're getting ready for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this weekend. And he says, you know, I think the live players should just, if they want to come back, they can come back. No penalty at all. Like, just let them come back. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? What are we talking about? This is, again, in my notes for this show, my show notes, I, I literally have LOL written by at least three bullet points. Jay Monahan will serve as CEO, LOL. That's hysterical to me. Legion 13, LOL. Rory suggesting the live players could come back, LOL. Professional golf, get your crap together. Get everyone on the same page. I want to see Phil Mickelson play in these tournaments. I want to see Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, John Rom. Get them all back on these in these events. They can stay with Liv. They can still have their money. They can still do their stupid team crap. But I want to see them back. That's it. That's all I want to see. I'm sick and tired of this back and forth talking this and that and the other. So that's all. That's the news. It's the news with golf. Uh, did want to mention that our our buddy that won the tournament, not our buddy, uh, but still, you know, you're talking about, oh, man, Nick Dunlap. He went pro. He listened to our advice, and he went pro, so good for him. He's going to be playing this weekend in that Pebble Beach program, which we'll have that bet here coming up here shortly. But I want to talk about technology. Technology in the game of golf. I am someone that is somewhat of a, not a purist, a traditionalist. I believe that golf should be played a certain way. And I got to be honest, when I listened, if you listen to my Tuesday show with Adam Harnett, who is a top 50 coach, according to Golf Monthly, and has a great following on Instagram. He was very kind to come on and be a part of the two-man scrum. You missed that show. Please go back and check it out. And uh, he talked a lot. I, my thoughts about coaching definitely jive with what he does in real life with his coaching. And so for me, I'm like, man, this is, this is fantastic. He's talking about not using the technology as much, trusting the feel of the game. 
it got me thinking is to, have we gone too far in the game of golf with technology? I, it's something I, I see all the time. I open up my Instagram account. You can follow me, by the way, the golf underscore life on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And you just see all these people talking about, oh, look, check out this product. Look at this swing aid. Look at this track monitor. Look at this, 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 this latest technology. Has it gone too far? Now, before you think, okay, here we go. Jeff's going to be that 40-year-old man on his front lawn shaking his fist at the clouds. No, that's not where I'm going with this. This is not going to be me doing nothing but complain about where golf is now in terms of a technological standpoint. There's a lot of good that has come with the latest technology in the game of golf, but not all of it has been good. A lot of it, in my opinion, has been problematic to the game of golf. And no, this has nothing to do with the clothes that we wear while we golf. But when I think about the most, the thing that really gets me the most are the self-adjusting clubs. So if you're playing in a tournament, you're not supposed to, once you go and hit that first tee shot and you are now in play, you are a part of that tournament, you're not supposed to adjust that club until after the round. You know damn well that there's people out there adjusting their clubs in the middle of 18 holes if they're not playing in a tournament. I, I guess for me, and, and I did make a comment one time, it was on a, a Mizuno. Uh, Mizuno put out a, a, just a video. They just put out a video, and it was one of their pros was talking about the how you can tweak this driver and utilize this tool, which can help you reduce your slice or your hook. And I think I commented on there saying, whatever just happened to working on your game? Whatever happened to, hey, I'm just going to go to the driving range, maybe have to get a lesson, maybe have to get a coach, and I'm just going to figure it out on my own. What happened to that? That was my question. And a lot of people said, oh, this is ridiculous. Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer were always tweaking with their clubs, trying to get an advantage. Yeah, I remember the, the weighted tape that people would put on their clubs. I understand that everyone's always looking for an advantage. But was it ever that easy? When Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and Gary Player, if they were tweaking with their clubs, was it ever as easy as taking out what looks like an Allen wrench, twisting the club, and then continuing on with the second round or whatever? No, it was never that easy. It took them a ton of time on the range. If they, Let's say the, the, the weighted tape that I mentioned. They had to constantly figure, okay, that's not enough or that's too much. And they're having to adjust things. They're still having to work on their game. And I get that they want, they, the manufacturers, want golf to be something that is attainable for everyone. They want everyone to succeed. Why? If you suck at the game, there's a higher chance that you're going to quit the game, that you're not going to continue to play the game. And so because of that, they want to say, well, here's an adjustable club. Here's a club that you can adjust on your own. I guess the problem with me, and I do have clubs that can be adjusted. I've never adjusted any of them. I've always felt that if I'm going to be any type of golfer that's worth my weight, which is not much, I need to go and actually figure out what's going on with the golf ball in the air. And again, I'll, I'll reference last podcast with Adam Harnett when he talked about the biggest mistake that people make is that they don't truly grasp, understand, and are willing to accept why the ball is flying the way that it is. He's the one that's saying, don't just adjust your driver. Figure out what's going on with your swing that's causing your driver to slice or to hook. 
People don't want to do that. They want the immediate success. And to reference another point that he make about made, made about fitness is that if it's not going to be an immediate change, people, mainly golfers, don't want to do it. So why am I going to stretch? Why am I going to work on my overall flexibility, my me stretching and working on my rotational muscles in the body? They're going to help my game, but is it going to be immediate? No. And so people don't want to do it. The self-adjusting clubs, and that does not mean custom fitting. We'll get to that in a second. The self-adjusting clubs, I feel like, have gone a little too far. I'm not going to be putting the golf ball here. The golf ball has made some tremendous changes, and there are so many different types of golf ball that people can use. Uh, I, I think about, you know, my brother and I typically play Pro V, Pro V1, Pro V1, Pro V1X. Uh, those are the golf balls that we like, that we feel respond best to our game. My dad, he's gone to more of a softer golf ball, the Chrome Soft from Callaway, stuff like that. It works for them. So I, I love all the options that they have in terms of the golf ball. And I've, I've talked about this before. I'm not a huge fan of the rollback that is slated to happen in 2028 and 2030. But I think that some of this other stuff, like launch monitors, I mean, there's people that are going to the driving range and it looks like they're getting themselves ready to take off for a, a NASA launch. What, what are we doing? They're setting up these tripods and they're setting up all these different arms and all this. I understand the premise and I understand that people want to get better at golf. Everyone wants to get better at golf. But at the same time, you have to wonder at what point is enough enough? At what point do we say, this isn't working for me, I'm going to need help. Whether it is hiring a trainer or a coach or getting lessons, it doesn't matter. I think another part of the game where technology has gone too far is the cinematic part of the game. We all like to see ourselves, and video is a great training tool. When you film yourself, whether it's just from your iPhone, there are people that go out there and they're in the middle of a round and they're putting the tripod in the middle of the ground and yeah, that can be frustrating for a lot of people. That can be frustrating for a lot of people. But the cinematic aspect of the game might be one of those that some some folks, especially the older uh, generation, they do not like it. Do not like it. I wonder also about YouTube and Instagram. Not from the cinematic point. Not from people filming themselves, documenting their rounds, and then putting them out there for the world to consume. No, not that. More about how you're trying to fix your own game. So you turn to YouTube. And again, reference back to the last podcast, Adam talked about how if you don't understand and grasp your own game, how are you ever going to be able to take anything, what anyone says to you and put it into practice? You can't. There's no way. There's no way because you don't even know enough about your own swing to be able to fix something in that regard. And then there's just those, there's a million, millions of these gadgets and tools out there that people promote and they pump up and they say, this is going to be your fix. It's going to be your fix. So buy it. And I get why they do it because that's how they make money. Use this T to gain five extra yards. I'm sorry, a T buy these golf shoes and it'll give you more stability in a, and give you 10 extra yards. Uh, what golf shoes. Hey, I know they'll, they'll be more comfortable. If they have a bigger toe box, they're, they're going to be better for my feet. I'll, I'll buy them because of that, not because I'm going to get extra yardage if I buy those shoes. So all those things with technology, I feel like maybe going too far is too damning. I'm not saying that it's gone too far, but those are things that I just don't think the game needs. It doesn't need it. They can have it, but it's not a necessity. So let's look at the things that were actually good 
in terms of technology. And these have some of these have happened recently. Some of them happened in the last few decades. I'll say like one of the best things that have happened that is good for the game of golf is the golf bags have improved tremendously. If you don't buy a cart bag, if you buy an actual bag that you have to carry, I'm old enough now to remember single strap bags and bags that did not have the stands. So you couldn't prop them up. You laid them down. Now, my dad was a caddy and he talked about the leather, single leather straps and these big staff bags. There were no golf carts when he was caddying. There were no stand bags, light bags. These things weighed a ton. These people's, people at country clubs would keep two dozen golf balls in their bag because they lost so many. It would weigh it down, feel like you're carrying a bag of bricks. And that technology has improved. It's, it's amazing when I, I think about my Titleist bag and how light it is and how easy it is to carry the bag. Cause I do like to walk. And then also the push carts have also become amazingly slim and they are compactable. Uh, the, the first push carts I can remember were huge and they didn't break down at all. And it, it was just, it's, it, it, those are good technological advances. I'd say golf carts in general have been a huge technological advance. The first golf carts that I can remember didn't even have tops. They didn't even have covers. They were, we called them the convertibles. And when I worked at the same country club that my dad did when I was younger, people would always want the roof carts first. And when they were out, you had to have a convertible. So people now, you, you see about people having convertible golf carts. You kidding me? Everyone has a roof, not all the time. So the golf carts have gotten better. And then you add in GPS into some of these carts. And that's going to be my next thing that I love about the technology of the game because it's, it's speeding up the game. I don't, I'm not a guy that, has to play within four hours. But if you have a five hour round, that's tough. It's a tough, it's tough sledding for everyone involved. So the range finders, the GPS in carts, or if you're on your phone, like I have a free app that gives me yardages, uh, just got a rough dude range finder. Check them out on Amazon. R U F F D O O D range finders. Use the, use the code fairway 15, save yourself 15%. So go check them out. Rough dude range finder. They're great. They're great. I can be in the middle of the woods, but I see the pin and I can get a yardage or I can be, you know, wherever you, you're not having to find a, and that's, that's something you don't have to find a sprinkler, a sprinkler head. Anyone else notice that sprinkler heads are not labeled as much as they used to be. That used to be the only way to find out how far you were from a hole, from the middle of the green. So those, those changes have been good. I mentioned custom fittings. You can now buy clubs that are made for you. To tease a, a podcast I have coming up next week on Tuesday is with a small market putter company, and they are custom building putters for people. It's tr- it's really awesome how they're doing this and how they're structuring the company. But these custom fittings for putters all the way up through woods and irons, some might say, well, Jeff, you're, you're using the launch monitors that you talked about for that. I, I understand all that, but being ha- having the ability to, if you have the money and the means to go out and get yourself a custom set of clubs, that's that's going to be huge based on the fact that you're going to be able to have those clubs for the rest of your life or as long as you want them and they are built for you. The last thing, which is something that I have not, I hadn't experienced until just last month when I was down with my brother and we went to Drive Shack. Drive Shack is a competitor of Top Golf. This is like the epitome of technology. 
you have these little golf balls with the little chips in them and you're having fun and you're playing this game or games with family and friends. And we went and we had two bays and it was so much fun. It was, I mean, all of our, all of my kids played, my parents played, my brother and his wife played. We all participated. We all had a blast. You want to talk about getting people into the game. That is technology. That'll do it. You know, that the top golf for myself when I was a kid was just trying to hit the cart boy riding around picking up golf balls. That was the top golf for me. But for these young kids, they want that stimulation. They want to see the success. They want to see the, the ball traveling to a target. It's awesome. It is awesome. I love that technology. So has technology gone too far? Let's circle all the way back to the topic of the podcast. Has technology gone too far? In some ways, I feel like it kind of has. I feel like at some point, and they're they're trying to do this with the golf ball. I feel like at some point you have to say, where's the stopping point? Where is the point with the equipment that we're going to say, okay, we've reached that line of demarcation. We cannot go beyond it anymore. So you can go up to this, whether it's the size of the driver, the, the materials that they're using for the driver, whatever the case is, at what point do they say we've reached it? We're there. We got to be done. And if you can go up to that, but you can't go, or the adjusting clubs that I mentioned, but all this other stuff, the gadgets and the tools, use your brain, people. Like, Don't find yourself so enamored with the latest, greatest. And remember that sometimes I think it is worth working on your game. And if you need help asking for help, I don't think it's gone too far. For the most part, some of these technological advances in the game of golf, especially with like the GPS range finders, it helps speed up the game. It helps speed up the game. And I'm there for that. I, I love people playing the game. I guess for me, sometimes I also feel like I have to speak up for the people that feel the need to buy the latest, greatest, and they waste a lot of money. You know, the driver that I have, I bought off someone that bought a brand new stealth for $600, $600. And I said to my coworker at the time, who's her fiance who bought it. So I'll take his old driver, bought it for like a hundred bucks and it was barely used. And I said, he's buying a $600 driver. And she goes, yeah, we're, he's hoping that it'll help him. And I said, does he ever work on his swing? No. And I said, well, that's going to be the same result as what he has. Come to find out, Stealth comes in, he's super excited, goes out, he's hitting the same old banana slice that he was. I guess a part of me feels responsible to tell people, just work on your game, and then once you've gotten to that point, then upgrade your equipment. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the answer to the question is, Technology gone too far in clubs and equipment. Yes. Everything else have at it. Let's have some fun. Let's finish this podcast. Like I do on most Thursdays with a preview of the upcoming event and maybe some gambling odds that you might want to check out. These odds are based off of FanDuel Sportsbook. No, I'm not sponsored by them yet, but that's the book that I was looking at. I have two golfers in mind for this tournament in Pebble beach with really great odds, by the way. And one of them is playing some really good golf. Let's talk about straight-up winners. You want to bet straight-up winners, you're going to have the best odds there. Difficult. It's very, very difficult to predict a winner on the PGA Tour, but if you can, you can win some serious cash. So two players that I like in this tournament actually have the same odds to win, so I'm going to give you both. Jordan Spieth, plus 1,600. Max Homa, 
also plus 1600. I like both of these guys in this tournament. I feel like with Spieth, he plays this course well. He's playing good golf. Max Homa, he's a West Coast guy. I feel like that definitely weighs in his favor. So I like both of those guys outright winners. But in terms of the tournament specials, I went with both of these guys, Spieth and Homa, to finish in the top 10, including ties. This is going to be a tough bet, but if they can, if you can get them both in the top 10, it's plus 600. You can still win some money. I don't know. There's something about Max Homa on the West Coast. Jordan Spieth is playing good golf. I think they're both going to have good seasons. So I'm going to go with Spieth and Homa, one of those two to finish as the outright winner, and then let's go with them both in the top 10, plus 600. I feel like I'm starting to narrow my focus. We're starting to kind of see the PGA Tour. I guess you could you could say it's starting to kind of iron itself out. We'll see. We want to be hitting on all cylinders before the Masters in April. We're only at the beginning of February, so we have plenty of time to get ourselves ready for those major tournaments, and that's when we put down some big-time money. So that does it for me on this episode of Fairways and Dreams. Remember, on Tuesday, check out that podcast because, honestly, I was, I've already recorded it. I had so much fun talking to the, this gentleman from this small company in Erie, Pennsylvania. Really awesome. Also, I want to bring up Acorn Hills. Acorn Hills is getting ready in mid-February, late February to unle- unveil a brand-new line of clothes. Check them out. You can use the code FD15 at checkout to save yourself 15%. That's Acorn Hills. You can check them out, acornhillsco.com. Use the code FD15 to save yourself 15% off your total purchase price. That does it for me on this Fairways and Dreams podcast. Make sure you go back and check out all the ones you might have missed, and we will see you next time. You know we finish these solo shows out. Be safe, be kind, and hit them straight. We'll see you next time.